Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. My name is Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. Thank you for joining me for day 253 as we are here in Deuteronomy chapter 9. Oh, look, my little title's cut off there. Let's bring that over. How about that? Deuteronomy chapter 9. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for your unfailing faithfulness. Thank you for the truth of your word and for the way that your word brings life to our souls. Father, would you write your word on our hearts and would you show us Christ and may we walk in the path of truth that Christ has laid down for us in your word, which points us to him. Speak, let us hear you. Let us respond to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 9. Hear, O Israel, you are to cross over the Jordan today, to go and to dispossess nations greater and mightier than you, cities great and fortified up to heaven, a people great and tall, the sons of the Anakim, whom you know, and of whom you have heard it said, who can stand before the sons of Anak? Know therefore today, that he who goes over before you as a consuming fire is the Lord your God. He will destroy them and subdue them before you, so you shall drive them out and make them perish quickly, as the Lord has promised you. Do not say in your heart, after the Lord your God has thrust them out before you, it is because of my righteousness that the Lord has brought me in to possess this land, whereas it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is driving them out before you, not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart are you going in to possess the land, but because of the wickedness of these nations the Lord your God is driving them out from before you then that he may confirm the word that the Lord spoke to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Know, therefore, that the Lord your God is not giving you this good land to possess because of your righteousness, for you are a stubborn people. Remember, and do not forget, how you provoked the Lord your God to wrath in the wilderness from the day you came out of the land of Egypt until you came to this place, you have been rebellious against the Lord. Even at Horeb, you provoked the Lord to wrath, and the Lord was so angry with you that he was ready to destroy you. When I went up the mountain to receive the tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant that the Lord made with you, I remained on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. I neither ate bread nor drank water, and the Lord gave me the two tablets of stone written with the finger of God, and on them were all the words that the Lord had spoken with you on the mountain out of the midst of the fire on the day of the assembly." And at the end of 40 days and 40 nights, the Lord gave me the two tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant. Then the Lord said to me, Arise, go down quickly from here, for your people whom you have brought from Egypt have acted corruptly. They have turned aside quickly out of the way that I commanded them. They have made themselves a metal image. Furthermore, the Lord said to me, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stubborn people. Let me alone, that I may destroy them and blot out their name from under heaven, and I will make of you a nation greater, mightier, and greater than they. So I turned and came down from the mountain, and the mountain was burning with fire, and the two tablets of, of the covenant that were, were in my two hands. 
And I looked, and behold, you had sinned against the Lord your God. You had made yourselves a golden calf. You had turned aside quickly from the way the Lord had commanded you. So I took hold of the two tablets and threw them out of my hands and broke them before your eyes. Then I lay prostrate before the Lord as before, forty days and forty nights. I neither ate bread nor drank water because of all the sin you had committed in doing what was evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. For I was afraid of the anger and hot displeasure that the Lord bore against you so that he was ready to destroy you. But the Lord listened to me at that time also, and the Lord was so angry with Aaron that he was ready to destroy him. And I prayed for Aaron also at the same time. Then I took the sinful thing, the thing you had, the calf that you had made, and I burned it with fire and crushed it, grinding it very small until it was as fine as dust. And I threw the dust of it into the brook that ran down from the mountain. At Taborah also, and at Massa, and at Kibroth Hatava, you provoked the Lord to wrath. And when the Lord sent you from Kadesh Barnea, saying, Go up and take possession of the land that I have given you, then you rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God and did not believe him or obey his voice. You have been rebellious against the Lord from the day that I knew you. So I lay prostrate before the Lord for these 40 days and 40 nights because the Lord had said he would destroy you. And I prayed to the Lord, O Lord God, do not destroy your people and your heritage whom you have redeemed through your greatness, whom you have brought out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do not regard the stubbornness of this people or their wickedness or their sin, lest the land from which you brought us say, because the Lord was not able to bring them into the land that he promised them, and because he hated them, he has brought them out to put them to death in the wilderness. For they are your people and your heritage, whom you brought out by your great power and by your outstretched arm. That is Deuteronomy chapter 9. Moses calling the people, calling the people to obey reminds them of their own sin and warns them against self-righteousness. One of the evidences of how wicked and dark our hearts are is that we can sin greatly and grievously and repeatedly. We can break God's law in so many different ways. And yet, as soon as we start to see some positive progress, as soon as we start to see some victory, as soon as we start to see some fulfillment of the things that the Lord has promised and he's brought into our lives, as soon as we make see growth, we can then that quickly become self-righteous and say, oh, look at me. I'm getting so much better, aren't I? I'm really learning how to obey the Lord, aren't I? I'm getting all this spiritual growth and all of these, you know, positive benefits and blessings in my life because I am so faithful to the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? And 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 no, we've missed the whole point, right? So here we have an Old Testament context where we're dealing with the conquest of a land and the nations that God drove out before them. But the heart of this issue, do not say in your heart, 
It is because of my righteousness that the Lord has brought me in to possess this land. That can be applied spiritually to our lives as believers today directly. When you are growing spiritually, when you are seeing answers to your prayers, when you are experiencing the blessing of the Lord upon your life in so many ways, when you are feeling more peace and more joy and seeing more growth, don't think it is because of my righteousness, because it's not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart that you're getting victory or seeing answers to prayer or being blessed. It's because the Lord is good. Because the Lord is good and because he keeps his promises and because he is faithful, that's it. It's, it's, it's the Lord's goodness. We are a stubborn people. And we need to be humbled by continually reminding us ourselves, continually reminding ourselves, I was trying to say remember and reminding at the same time, uh, of how we have sinned against the Lord. Even though we've been forgiven and we can thank God that we've been forgiven because of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, still we need to acknowledge that we are sinners and we do sin against the Lord and it is not our own righteousness. It is not the uprightness of our hearts that brings blessing to us. Another important truth we see from this passage is something that we're going to be seeing as we go through Isaiah together, and that is that the Lord is sovereign over all the nations. Within the ancient worldview, people would have thought of Yahweh as being the God of Israel in the same way that Baal was the God of Philistines and Ra was God for the Egyptians. They had this sort of regional territory idea of the gods that, you know, certain gods were over certain nations and lived in certain parts of the world, and they all sort of had their territory and their regions. But here, Yahweh, the one true God, the Lord, says, I'm driving these other nations out because of their wickedness. It wasn't their gods who were judging them. It was the Lord, the one true God, the Lord your God, who is the one true God. And so he is mighty over all the nations. He's driving out these other nations because of their wickedness. And verse 3 says, he's going to go before you as a consuming fire. He will destroy them and subdue them before you. And so you will drive them out and make them perish quickly as the Lord has promised you. So our salvation and our blessing is according to the promise of God and not according to our own righteousness. And the Lord is sovereign over the nations. And that means if we're grieved and we're heartbroken over the current spiritual state of America, we need to realize that the Lord is sovereign over these things. There's been great wickedness throughout America's past and present. There's great reasons why God would have to judge. And if God brings one nation down and exalts another nation, moves one nation to the side, brings another nation to the forefront, we need to realize that he is Lord and his ways are good and right. The other thing I want to see, one more thing, which we always have to make a connection to Christ, of course, we want to see Jesus in every chapter of the Bible, 40 days and 40 nights without food. Does that sound familiar to you? Right? Uh, he went up and he went up onto the mountain and for 40 days and 40 nights, he was without bread or water. This is verse nine. When I went up to the mountain to receive the tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant that the Lord made with you. I remained on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. I neither ate bread nor drank water. And the Lord gave to me the two tablets of stone written with the finger of God. Jesus began his earthly ministry. After he was anointed by the Holy Spirit as the Messiah, 
He began his earthly ministry with 40 days and nights in the desert wilderness, neither eating nor drinking, and then facing the temptation of the devil and overcoming them to secure a righteousness, a, a fulfillment of the law in himself, not the tablets of stone, but in Christ Jesus is the law of righteousness, the moral law of God fulfilled in human form. And as Christ is in us, that law of God is fulfilled in Christ is written on our hearts and becomes part of us. So that's another connection we want to see in this chapter is that Christ is the fulfillment of this. He's not only the new Moses, but he is the uh, fulfillment of the law in himself. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this chapter of scripture. We pray that you would write it on our hearts by your Holy Spirit and may Christ dwell in our hearts more and more through faith. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me. Tomorrow we're going to be continuing right on into chapter 10 of Deuteronomy. Hope you can be there for that. Have a blessed day in the Lord.